2: Hey everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Trade Cast. Brought to you this week by my FFPc on uh, on the RotoViz Radio Network. Uh, we have big news today. Before I introduce myself or my co-hosts, and that is, you are currently listening to the one hundredth episode of the Dynasty Trade cast. I, as always, am your host, Eric Bertzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. Joined by my co-hosts, Nathan and Dan.
0: The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. the yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send him my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's... A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
2: Uh, man, I knew this thing felt rehearsed because I've done it at least fifty times.
3: And you said, uh, and you said, as always, <laughs> uh, at least eighty-three of them. So, right, that's uh, totally true. That's dude, a correct. One, that's a correct. One hundred. Yeah, yeah. How did we, we make be, it?
2: We would be dead if we were a person.
3: Probably a good a good dozen of Nathan death death you know Mike and um, shoddy internet because he plugs into a potato his roommates I mean my favorite this, part of
2: that Dan was your internet broke up yeah it broke up, right? that, was, that was actually incredible <laughs> you're know, like he's plugged into a potato all right we can <laughs> cut back. No, no, no. We're not cutting that. This show is going fully unedited, so that's the surprise. That's not a good idea. That's (laughs) going to happen. Unless, Unless, of course, Nathan goes on one of his traditional rants.
1: Oh, about, yeah, about no. uh, the spelling of Demetrius Robertson. Did you cut that? I don't even remember if you did or
3: not. <laughs> Demetrius. You just said Demetrius. name not even the Demetrius. It's Demetrius. Robertson. You said Demetrius. I can't and believe now I'm, this has I'm hit two kill. shows of the trade.
2: <laughs> this is unbelievable. This is 32. Uh,
3: okay. It's 100, man. We're going we're gonna to get off the rails almost this, immediately.
2: We are basically going full Bull Rush this episode, I think. And maybe we that's are. the strategy. Yeah, it's we're just so gonna honored. we're just gonna let it roll. There's no script, okay, except for the script that we have yeah. and the things except we have to talk about today. So, yes, actually, that's a bunch of written word, um, but it's too blurry. Dan holding that up to the screen for an audio podcast. Notes. Perfect. That's great. Um, so, anyways, uh, for a show that is unscripted, we are going to be doing a mock draft today, um, keeping it fun and casual. It is rookie season. We are. What three weeks away from the dynasty or from the uh, NFL fantasy, yeah. fantasy and dynasty? No, Eric, it's just an NFL draft. Uh, <laughs> what is that? Three weeks or so? Two weeks? Three? I think right?
1: No, it's 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 three weeks from the day this comes out. Ooh. Or no, two weeks from the day this comes out. Two yeah, weeks I was about to say go. we are. 24th.
2: The the days they are flying by, so uh, that's that's phenomenal. So we're gonna do that, um, and then um, and then you know that's gonna kind of be the show, but we're gonna keep it loose and fun. Um, I did not take the time to like go find the very first episode of the Trade Cast and like take clips from that, um, but I'm not promising I won't do that by the time <laughs> I edit this thing.
3: I do have it if you need it.
2: So why don't we? Oh, I've got it. Why don't we just? Um, why don't we just go ahead and leave this pause here as we remember. 100 episodes of the dynasty trade cast. And I may or may not stick something after it.
1: And back in back in the day, we used to talk about two players and then
2: do a game. Now we talk about like 12 players. So we've, we've advanced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yes, we have. Uh, all right. Was We're there on. something there? I have no idea. Uh, so on that note, let's go ahead and dive into the show. Uh, and uh and i'll first i'll tell the listeners about what i always tell you about and that is uh, our fabulous provider rotoviz nfl pass um at rotoviz.com who provides the nfl the rotoviz nfl pass uh and it's a listener's only 30 percent discount to the rotoviz nfl pass through the nfl podcast homepage. that's rotoviz.com slash podcast your subscription as always gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content, and it also helps support the pod. So, if you've been listening to the pod for 100 episodes, it might be time for you to step up your game and support the pod through a RotoViz subscription. It's not only great for the show, it's great for you. Uh, so, you can contact us via email that's rotovizradio at gmail.com or slide into those Twitter DMs that's at RotoViz Radio. And RotoViz Radio and its fantastic collection of podcasts are now available on both Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. You can find us along with the rest of the RotoViz shows under RotoViz Radio, and you can find us on our individual. Individual feed. If you're listening there, great. If you're listening on the RotoViz radio actual stream, that's fantastic too. Uh, but if you do want to find our individual feed, simply search for Dynasty Trade Cast, a RotoViz fantasy football podcast, uh, on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. I think we're pretty much on all of them. So make sure you clips click subscribe and leave us a rating and review. Uh, okay, that was a mouthful, Nathan. Uh, you know what? No, Nathan. I'm going to throw it to the person with bad audio today, and that is going to be Dan. No, so. Eric. You should throw to yourself because you
1: have the first pick. You idiot. Well, <laughs> no, I, uh,
2: why don't I? I can... Why don't I have somebody introduce it so then I can take the first pick, Nathan?
3: Uh, we'll we'll <laughs> get it back to Eric in a second. Uh, we'll we'll preface the entire thing by saying this is just a basic PPR format league. You can think of it in those terms. So. Basically, we're just going based on talent right now. Obviously, we don't know any landing spots. We'll talk about those. We'll go through, you know, some good things, some bad things, um, and we'll all have our own takes, which will be fantastic. So uh, Eric got the lucky draw, and he gets the 101, which is very impressive this year. So Eric, why don't you go ahead and take it? Yeah, it makes me think we should do lucky draws in all my leagues because I don't have the 101
2: anywhere, so I... Feel like I'd I'd run hotter there. Uh, I mean, this one's super easy. I will I will take Saquon Barkley with the one hundred and one. Uh, Barkley's valuation is through the roof. Uh, the one hundred and one has been trading for things like Zeke plus something else, um, which is just completely absurd. So um, I'm not sure that Barkley can live up to the hype. But the difference between the one hundred and one and one hundred and two, as with many years, is a complete chasm. 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 All right. Yeah. This, no, this
1: like, <laughs> the last two years, you've said the word chasm like eight times. No, yeah. Eric, it's chasm
2: every single uh, time. I, it's clearly a word I don't know how to pronounce, and I continue to try, uh, much like most of our guests' last names. So, really, <laughs> I'm just just keeping it consistent, Nathan. Uh, so, Barkley. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a couple different landing spots. He's kind of being rumored to go pretty much as a lock in the top four. I think Cleveland said they're going to pick him at four if he's there, uh, and I mean, I think all four teams up there are either rumoring to trade away so teams can get up to Barkley or rumoring to make the pick themselves. So uh, what that leaves – who's got the third pick? It's fleeting on me now. But Cleveland, Giants, and –
3: The Jets. The Jets. The Jets Jets
2: aren't
1: picking quarterback because they're picking quarterback because they traded up.
2: Yeah, correct. Um, that's Yeah, you're absolutely correct there. So let's say one, two, and four. Um, I don't know that I necessarily see anybody else getting him. I, unless you guys see it, I don't see a scenario where he really falls out of the top five.
3: I don't think he gets past seven. I don't think he goes in the top four. I don't think Cleveland is going to make that step. I mean, it's Cleveland, so they might go Allen Barkley, and that'd be the worst draft in the history of drafts. Um, but I... I- Honestly, don't think he gets past seven. I don't think there's a chance. I think either Indy or Tampa will grab him. Um, that's good for them to sell tickets. It makes Tampa Bay's offense insane. Indy needs something right now. That's why I don't think he gets past Indy because of this whole Andrew Luck fiasco. So now they can kind of shift everything and make it all about Saquon. That's that's good for Indy, not necessarily great for draft capital for within the actual draft. Obviously, it's great for, for Barkley, but uh, we... We always have this talk about you know running backs being too early and being over you know over um, I think I think that might be more of a money thing than anything for Indy when they when they take him. I think that's my take is that Indy will draft Saquon Barkley.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I think that if Barkley ends up going to Indy or Tampa, that actually ends up hurting this running back class because Indy and Tampa are the two premier running back landing spots, in my opinion. So Barkley's going to be the one-on-one regardless whether he lands in Cleveland, New York, or wherever it may be. But yeah. if if Chubb or Geis or, you know, any of those later guys we'll talk about in a little bit end up in Indy or Tampa, that kind of cements them into that 102-103 um, range. So I think that but it's that more of a But that doesn't
2: pull you – that doesn't change your tiers, though, does it? Like you're not like, okay, now it's Geis and Barkley, are you? They, no, no, no,
1: no, no, it, no. It's more, it's more of just that. It, I think Geis is pretty much locked in that one hundred and two as well, unless he falls in the NFL draft. So it's more of a conversation of a Michelle, a Ronald Jones. Any of those guys go to India or Tampa, and they kind of vault themselves up to that one hundred and three.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I think, and I think that's enough on Barkley. I don't know that there's going to be, and maybe some idiot's going to do it, but somebody's going to go full Kevin White and draft some and draft like guys at 101. <laughs> don't don't go full Kevin White. No, you never no go one full Kevin White.
3: No one's going to do that. And and just so we can get this one last Saquon Barkley thing in. Let's stop nitpicking. It, it, everything everything has been so vaulted high up with him that now it's getting to the point where maybe he can't possibly live up to these expectations because he's supposed to be the second coming. The issue now is becoming that oh well he didn't run for 100 yards in this game and it's like it doesn't matter he's an all-purpose guy he's gonna do everything everywhere he can run on the ground he can catch the ball if he didn't have 100 yards rushing he had he had 100 yards all purpose that's just how he works he's gonna get it done he's gonna score touchdown he's gonna get the yards let's stop nitpicking and just appreciate what we have in front of us and get the opportunity Right. He's going to have the opportunity because he's not going to go. He's definitely not getting outside the top 10 unless like his plane crashes on the way to the airport or something.
2: Wow. All right. Well, let's go ahead and cross our fingers. That's messed up, Dan. (laughs) Um, Okay, we're going to have an eerie moment if Dan predicts the future here. Uh, Okay, let's kick to Nathan, who's got the 102 and is now on the clock.
1: I will select Darius Geis, and I, I think that there's some rumblings through the Dynasty Twitters, oh, Geis could fall into, like, the second or third round of the draft, and then maybe he's not the 102. I think he's all but locked into that 102 spot. I think some nice landing spots are Detroit and Seattle in the middle of the first round. Both those spots would be really solid for Geis, at places where he could be a workhorse back. Um, he's had 29 touchdowns in, in his final two seasons in college, has a workhorse profile of 5'11", 218, 400 carries his final two seasons. He's done nothing but succeed. And the only thing that's really slowed him down in his career is that he, he had played with Leonard Fournette for two years. So, I mean, yeah. you know, having that type of guy in front of you will make less so in, 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 in 2016 just because Fournette was hurt. But, you know, it did slow slow down the start of his career a little bit. But I love me some guys and I think that there's definitely some solid landing spots for him to fall in the middle of that first round.
2: Well, I think, I think Geis, though, the, that's not necessarily a bad thing at college workload I know it gets brought up but I really don't necessarily view it as a bad thing as far as like there's not as many miles on the tires
1: see uh, I think that that's a bit debatable I think that people use that as oh he only had 124 carries in college no that's a terrible thing because if you only had 124 carries in college that means that you weren't good enough to get carries so I mean I, I, I get your point oh, of, good, but you I know.
2: mean if you have Leonard Fournette in front of you how I mean how good can you even be?
1: Right. I'm not fighting that particular point. I'm fighting the point of people who are going to say, oh, it's so good. This player only had this many touches in college. No, in general, the more touches you have, the better you have, the better you are at football.
2: And I I totally agree with that for the record. And I think I'm pointing out the Fournette and then probably our next pick, whatever that is, is probably exactly the same scenario. Where if you have somebody who's just an NFL stud in front of you, that's actually like kind of a secret blessing.
3: But we we saw the, the limited work with guys like Alvin Kamara last year, and if you watched him, you saw the player. If you looked at the box score, you saw, oh, well, he couldn't even beat out Jalen Hurd. Well, you're talking about Tennessee, who for some reason had, had the, you know, they thought Jalen Hurd was like the greatest thing ever, um, and now we're seeing what Alvin Kamara can do. Obviously, he, the Saints help him. They prop him up a little bit, but at the same time, He's he's a force. So I think I think the workload in, in college has to be taken with a little bit of a grain of salt. Obviously you don't want somebody with a trillion carries coming into the NFL, but like Nathan said, you also don't want somebody that didn't do anything at all. Split time, it's more and more common, even at the college level, uh, because these big programs get so many so many talents. Look at Georgia right now. They have four guys that legitimately will be NFL running backs right now, not not counting Chubb and Sonny Michelle. They literally have four guys right now that are going to be NFL running backs. Anyways, let's talk about Darius Geis. who, what do we got? Like 30, 3,300 yards, all purpose in college. That's pretty solid. Especially when you consider having to deal with Leonard Fournette for most of it, obviously he had one year um, without, but that's, that's positive. I think, I think most of his positives have been brought up everywhere. I think the big knocks on him are kind of the injury bug um because he you know when he plays at anything less than 100 he's not the same player he looks a little a little sluggish doesn't have the and he doesn't have crazy burst to begin with he has good burst um but when he's not feeling it he's he's just kind of i don't know he, he's kind of slothy um and i don't love that he's not an elite pass catcher but he's good uh, He he can definitely do it we um we need to see his route running improve but Outside of that, I think I think he's one of, if not the most complete. Aside from Barkley, obviously, um, we just need health, and and that's you know what comes with the territory that we need health with everyone. But I think he struggles a little more with the injuries.
2: What? Um, so so landing spot wise, I know Nathan mentioned it, but we're not thinking that somebody like guys is going. Nobody's reaching for Guys to go to like Indy or Tampa, right? No, I, I
1: think if if he goes to Indy or Tampa, it's a trade down scenario.
3: Yeah, trade trade down is most likely. I think somebody will look to move back and gain capital. Even maybe that's a Cleveland move. Maybe Cleveland trades trades back with like Buffalo and gets there too first, and uses one of those picks to get a guy or get you know one of one of the other guys. Um, Just because we know that Buffalo wants the quarterback and maybe the guy they want isn't going to be there now for them. So uh, I, I like you know a trade down scenario. Otherwise, someone like and Nathan even put it on the dock. Someone like Seattle. Um, they, that would be a, a, outside of that offensive line being horrendous. That would be a great opportunity. That would be big time to be able to play with Russell Wilson. And that would give him someone legitimate in that backfield that he hasn't had for a couple of years now without Marshawn.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. And that is now Dan, as the listeners might've guessed is now on the clock at the one Oh three, as they might've guessed also.
3: It me, I, I tried to, I tried to trade back, but. Uh, I was asking too much. So with 103, I'm taking Georgia's Nick Chubb. And Thought about Sonny Michelle. And I've been sniped. Yeah. So we were going through this in our Voxer chat. And the second I typed it, it's like, sniped already. Third day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's um, that's nice. That was good. It felt good. Yeah, um ruined my day. Crazy athlete, this this chubb guy. Even even after the ACL, people didn't really think that he was the same guy. And I don't know that he's fully back to what he was pre injury, because pre injury, he his his first couple of years he was like seven and eight yards per carry, which is just ass and nine, even that was limited uh, because of the the other guys around him. But you know, he's got he's got something like five thousand all purpose yards in college. So that's, that's okay. I think, I think we can make do with that. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's, it's, it's purely injury, right? If you're going to give something about Chubb, that's the only negative thing I think you can say about him.
3: Yeah. That and, and, um, wasn't really used a ton in the passing game. Um, but that might be a Georgia thing rather than, rather than a Chubb thing, because I think he's definitely capable of it. Uh, I don't see, I don't see any issues with that part of his game. Um, I still think he's working his way back from the ACL, which is really completely healed, but he's pretty darn close to what he was. And, and, you know, he's got, he's got a really high spark. Nathan, wasn't he like 98% spark or something like that?
1: Yeah, so, Something around that range. Um, for me, the one thing I do worry about with Chubb is, and maybe this is just the fact that you know, big draft Twitter doesn't really know what they're doing. But I've seen some of like the bigger draft analysts, like Matt Miller from Bleacher Report, say that Chubb's going to go in like the third or fourth round of the NFL draft, and certainly that's something to worry about. Because I mean, a couple years ago, when Jay Ajayi dropped to the fifth round of the NFL draft, everyone was like, "Well, now the NFL teams know something that we don't, and that's why he right. dropped." And Ajayi has had some early career success, but there's still that looming over people's heads of the fact that he has that knee injury. And that's going to be the same thing with Chubb, especially if he falls in the draft, that'll show that NFL teams are more worried about it than we are. So, I mean, the only scenario where I don't see Chubb going one oh three in most of my drafts is if he does fall to that third round of the NFL draft. But other than that, he had a very, very good combine, especially for a guy who, Maybe it still wasn't one hundred percent healthy, but it was an injury from two years ago. So uh, I I think there'll there'll be a battle of people saying, "Oh, like he's never going to get back to one hundred percent." That might be true, but he still can be a very good NFL back at ninety percent of what he was as a freshman.
3: I mean, he still ran a four-five. If he's if he's
2: at ninety (laughs) percent, then that'll be fine. He'll be
3: fine. Yeah, and his his straight line speeds never been elite, so I I wasn't. You know, I'm not super worried about that. His explosiveness is still there, which is that's his game i mean he he can just blow you away from any point you can stick his foot in the ground and go um going back to nathan's point though about the health i think i think if he clears everything really well with medicals as he meets with teams and and goes through all that stuff uh, i haven't heard any of the rumblings maybe nathan you you had or or maybe twitter or whatever um i hadn't really heard anything about people being worried about it as they were with jhi because he basically failed all of his, and they were like, well, this guy can't even play with this, with this thing hanging off of his, off of his body. Right. Uh, Though that, that and, leg, yeah. that leg was, is, it might even still be like half dead. Um, I don't think that's the issue here with Chubb. No, no. Right. Right. I'm I
1: can, I mean, i just saying it in that scenario. If he does fall, that would be something. to worry about.
3: Right. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be why he's not going where Saquon's going or where he's probably going to go after guys. He might even go after Sonny Michelle because somebody could fall in love with the way he runs, but, Um, you know, if he hadn't had that ACL and he kept producing those crazy numbers as he was early on, you know, the, the eight yards for carry, uh, we might be having a conversation of Barclay versus Chubb. I mean, so
2: can I, can I happen? I mean, the, the pre combine, I think it was, and and kind of looking at people's rankings, it seemed like everybody had Sonny Michelle above Chubb in their valuations. Is, is that my just making that up? Did everybody no, have there. Chubb at the 103? Because that's th- like Chubb at the 103 as a lock seems a little bit, conf- not confusing, but definitely feels like I have been sleeping a little bit at the wheel here.
1: I, I would disagree. I, I would say that it was pretty 50-50 on who, who preferred Chubb versus Michelle. I definitely don't think there was a consensus one way or the other. And I think that yeah. leaving, leaving the combine, the consensus tended to uh, sway more towards Nick Chubb. And, Dan, I'll go to you with this one. Um, in, tr- in terms of where he goes in the NFL draft, if we're not concerned about the medical, do you think it's in that early second-round range to maybe a Tampa or the Giants? Or do you think it's maybe later in the round to so maybe a Baltimore in the second?
3: Yeah, I think early two would be... You know, like I said, I'm not too worried about medicals right now. If somebody comes up with something, then then they'll you know maybe they spread it around. and They can get him later, and maybe he does fall to the third. I don't think he gets out of that early second. I think the Giants right there make a ton of sense if they don't do something stupid and draft Barkley at two. Um, I, I just I don't see how he gets past that because he is he is an elite college talent. You know, he's he's on that that tier. And the one downside to him is that ACL. So if anyone legitimately has that concern, then he could slide to the third. But I think I think it's honestly the Giants there in that early second. That makes so much sense.
2: And what about what about late first is seeing anything that makes any sense there? Like the Patriots reaching for him?
3: probably have to be a leapfrog someone probably have to trade up honestly one of those maybe one of those early second teams that are like hey the Giants are going to take them or somebody else you know maybe maybe Cleveland whoever has those picks there hey they're going to take him we need to leapfrog it might be one of those types of things but I don't think anyone in that late portion uh, unless you know maybe Geis and Chubb end up kind of going in that same range but I think those late those later teams kind of are going to be looking more in like offensive line and cornerbacks and, and defensive line help.
1: And t- typically, teams that are trading up into that late first, they're they're very concerned about that fifth year option. And with a running back, you're not as concerned about making sure you can exercise that fifth year yeah. option. You're you're fine getting the four year deal.
2: Yeah, it makes total sense. And there's not a lot of fits uh, just from a just people who need running back at the end of the first for the record. So that makes total sense. Uh, okay. I am next up on the clock at the one Oh four. And I will go with the aforementioned Sony, Michelle, Michael, Michelle, um, Michelle. Yeah. Michelle. I, I'm, I've tried not to make the joke already, but I, we talked about it in Voxer. So I'll just back off of it and throw it in.
3: <laughs> you got to, you uh, got to say it like Ben Stiller and dodgeballs fitness concierge, Michelle.
2: <laughs> What what is he saying, Zoolander? You google you Googleize? Is that what he says? <laughs> you I read my own Ya <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, and I think this is this is consensus one oh four. I think this is pretty much chalk. Uh no surprises here. He blew up last year. Um has been splitting work with Chubb, looked fantastic at Georgia, where they just crank out running backs. Um I, I think that this is this is pretty this is pretty much chalk. So I don't have a whole lot to add to Michelle other than I think he's just going – I think he, I think he's going to, to really blow up.
3: Go ahead, Nathan. Yeah, he, he had 1,200
1: uh, rushing yards, 16 touchdowns in that final season, and that's with splitting the uh, time with the aforementioned Nick Chubb. So, I mean, there's not much not to like about Sonny Michelle other than the fact that it took him like three years in order to him to get this kind of workhorse profile. So um, I, I think that the fact that this the, – the middle – the middle of the first round the, in this year's draft is kind of ugly as it stands right now. I think that, you know, yes, people love Barkley and then there's some love for Geis and Chubb, but I think that it starts to get very muddy in this area. I, I, I don't necessarily agree that it's a huge drop after Michelle. I think he's more with the rest of these other guys that are going to in the next few picks.
3: Yeah. I think that, I think that tear break is, is pretty, pretty clear. I think early on pre combine um, people had Michelle up, up above, Nick Chubb and in that conversation with the RB two for the class, just because of, you know, it was right after bowl season and, and we're getting to see him, you know, go crazy. And there's a lot to like, you know, he's, he's that no nonsense, put your shoulder into somebody kind of guy. And he can do just about everything. Um, Like Nathan said, there's, there's not really any glaring holes. Um, And he's got the, he's got the production profile, even with limited, with limited work, which I mean, you can't, you can't really go past that so i think i think sony's probably the cut line of of this tier and this is probably the only tier in the whole rookie draft where i would say a good landing spot puts him into the chubb and geist tier and a poor or mediocre landing spot puts him back into that mid-range first tier
1: all right, let's move on to our next one. It's going to be the 105. I will select DJ Moore out of Maryland. Uh, I think that the, it's definitely a hard choice here between the wide receivers that are available on the board. To who can be the wide receiver one? In Superflex leagues, this is where a lot of the guys like Rosen, Mayfield, and Darnold will be off the board by at this point. Yep. Um, but but in one QB, this is wide receiver one. DJ Moore um, had a 53% Dominator rating in college, 97 percentile. Broke out at 18.4 age, 98th percentile. This guy has is a metrics. You got to love him from both a production standpoint as well as the combine ran a 44240, forty, 88th percentile catch radius. You know the the metrics people are absolutely in love with DJ Morin for good reason. I think that he could go in the first round of the NFL draft. The the popular you know mock draft landing spot is Dallas to be a team that you know he's gonna go opposite of Des Bryant. And then Des Bryant doesn't seem long for Dallas. So maybe DJ Moore can evolve into that wide receiver one in the Dallas offense with Dak Prescott.
3: Yeah, I think I think DJ with the with the you know the big final year in college definitely helps. Um, obviously the combine kind of made him more of a household name. Everyone's talking about him now. Uh there's you know, his size is just about ideal for you know for the way he works. Uh, The issues that I see are kind of, he's not super aggressive. He's, he's not, he's not like going to run through a corner to, to make a, make a play. He just kind of backs down a little bit and his route tree is kind of limited. He didn't, he didn't do a ton in college and we can probably blame a little bit of that on Maryland because we also saw Ty Johnson struggle a little bit with bad quarterback play. Uh, So, you know, some of that can be blamed there, but, but he didn't they didn't ask him to do a ton, which is you know it is what it is you can blame that on college but you know aside from those few things super agile feet are absolutely tremendous, and those metrics are freaking awesome that eighteen point four breakout age is is awesome if you if you dig around on Twitter at all you find lists of guys that broke out around that age, and there's legitimately elite players on that list, so I think that'll keep him in this in this kind of middle range tier. He's my wide receiver too. There's one guy I like better who will actually be the next pick, but um, I, I think he's very deserving of the wide receiver one spot. I just happen to like the next guy a little bit more. I would like to see him, I would like to see him go, <laughs> go, go to Dallas. I, like Nathan said, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we could definitely see him in that, Nathan, where, where do you think he's going in, in the physical draft, though? Like, do you have, do you like, have a clean Where, where spot? Dallas
1: picks, like 18 or 19, wherever Dallas is picking.
3: You don't feel like that's a little bit early for more? I mean, it, it could
1: be, but I mean, in, in regards to, like, if you think about a, a poor wire receiver class a few years ago with Corey Coleman, Corey Coleman went 15 to the Browns. And so this is another poor, oh, it's not a poor wire receiver class because it's deep, but it's poor at the top. So. I, I think that's that s- someone going in in the teens is definitely uh, the wide receiver. One going in the teens, the NFL draft is certainly a high probability.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that's a stretch at all. I, I think that makes sense. Dallas, Dallas would be would be probably option A for me. Um, okay, are we, so are you guys definitely one?
2: seeing him going in the first round,
3: though. I, again, it's it's all it takes is one team. You know, I yeah. I mean the the combine I think solidified him in the late first for sure. And then if somebody falls in love with him and we've been hearing him to Dallas quite a bit and usually that, you know, that, that can just be smoke, but a lot of times wherever there's smoke, there's fire. So I think there's a connection there. We'll see what happens. Maybe one of Dallas's guys, they like a little bit better slides. Maybe they can add to that defense, but uh, I mean, that, that seems like an obvious choice, especially like Nathan said, Des aging a little bit, maybe, maybe they move him inside and, and, um, have but now now that's the problem though with with Dallas so I'm kind of backtracking on myself so now they have Hearns who plays inside they need to move Des inside because he's deaf and Cole Beasley <laughs> so so they have three inside guys and then you that. go and draft another guy that kind of projects to work the same way and maybe you know maybe Hearns doesn't even make the roster maybe he gets hurt and they cut him yeah. I, I don't know. That and and if, if the like... DJ
1: Moore if DJ Moore isn't a first round guy, I think there's really only one guy who goes in the first round other than him, and that's a guy that's gonna go off on a few picks. So
3: I disagree. Uh and I will say why with my 106 pick, who happens to be Cortland Sutton. Um hi Nick Whalen. Um it, Cortland <laughs> for me, I mean he's he's your prototypical size. You know, he's he's six three, like two twenty. That's I mean, you you don't really get much better than that. Uh, he's not a burner, you know, he's not blown anybody out of the water, which, you know, is what it is. You don't necessarily need to, it's kind of more like a, like an Alshon Jeffrey ish type. And I know comps are bad, but, uh, that, that link kind of makes a little bit of, of sense to me. Metrics are solid. Metrics are definitely above the average. He's, he's good in most places. Um, as far as, you know, the, the SMU portion that, Didn't help a ton because when he did play against higher end competition, he wasn't great. Um, I mean, he, he held his own. I want to say, but it just, it wasn't, wasn't the best. And um, for good things, he's amazing in traffic, really good over the middle, super physical, which helps. Um, The one other bad thing is after the catch, he's not like craziest. He's, he doesn't really have that yak ability um, I mean, he can do it, but he's not going to blow away any of those cornerbacks. He'll get caught by safeties, and that's not super ideal, but he's he's got the body type and and all of the athleticism to go up and do whatever he needs to as a, as a true one in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I'm on board with Dar- – uh, not Darnold. <laughs> I'm on board with <laughs> Darnold.
3: <laughs> Darnold Sutton.
1: Darnold Sutton, he's a good guy. Uh, I think that, you know, back when we were talking uh, Cortland Sutton as a Debbie last year, I was saying, you know, the one concern with Sutton would, would be his draft capital. But Corey Davis going five overall last year kind of, you know, smashed the chance of, oh, the, you know, a guy who's not power five can't go in the first round of the NFL draft. So, yeah. I mean, I, Sutton certainly has a chance to be, be late first, early second. And he, he's a guy that, you know, he's the one pro- guy in this class that profiles as a guy who could be a, you know, 60 catch for 1,100 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Like I don't yeah. think anyone else in this draft profiles is that number one wide receiver. So I think the upside's there with Sutton, but the floor is also there.
2: Yeah, it is crazy. The wide receivers in this class, just in stark contrast to to other dynasty drafts, just is is kind of ludicrous. Is there's only just the talent, I mean, of people projecting out as wide receiver ones just seems super duper low. Um, but I mean, I share basically all of your concerns with Sutton as the small, the small school kind of freaks me out, but, um, I, you know what I'll trust, I'll trust Nick Whalen on this one and trust dynasty Twitter and you guys on this and just say like, I, I'm going to put that aside and go forward with, he's a talented wide receiver who will break out. All right. All right. Now that I'm on the one Oh seven, I will make my pick. And this was one of my guys that I was really looking forward to seeing in the combine and he pulled up lame in his first run, I believe. Um, and that is Ronald Jones. Um, he's a guy who has looked great at USC for the last two years. Uh, gone over 1,000 yards each year. Uh, went for 1,500 last year, 19 touchdowns. Uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot of bad things to say about him. But the big one, I think, is kind of the the mystery around his injury. Uh, I think he. you guys were saying he ran his pro day. I actually wasn't even aware of that. Uh, but he ran his pro day, looks like he ran like a four or five, um, which isn't isn't quick. But if he is coming off injury, it is probably OK. But um, but yeah, no, it is. Uh, it definitely was a little bit frustrating to see him come up lame. I was actually pretty upset about that on my Twitter timeline because I've been kind of excited about him. But maybe <laughs> no. that's actually if, I, if I'm if I'm excited about him, maybe that's actually great news is because now there's kind of doubt. And whenever there's doubt on Twitter, whenever there's doubt in this in this process suddenly I can get Jones who maybe we would have talked about it like the one Oh four, if he ran some crazy numbers suddenly I'm getting him at the one Oh seven. So I, I, I'm going to take Jones and just kind of dart throw. Once we start getting into this part of the, of the first round, that's kind of all you're doing anyways. It's just hoping you get a guy who sticks.
1: Yeah, and earlier I talked about the dream landing spots of Indy or Tampa. If Ronald Jones ends in, ends up in Indy or Tampa, he's very much in that conversation with the one hundred and three, um, and that that that's yeah. how much people are excited about that those possible landing spots. Other possible places he could go, maybe um, the Eagles at the end of the second round, the 49ers if they trade up in the second round. He's probably going to go in the second round. It's um, where I'm surmising where Ronald Jones ends up. So I think he's he's a solid value here at the one hundred and seven and. He he's a guy that I don't think he's ever going to be that workhorse at the NFL level, but he's certainly going to be a guy who can get you know 15 to 17 touches and be an RB two, RB three.
3: I think that's ideal, you know, because he's not he's not super big. He's he's pretty slight actually. Um, And the the other issue that with that because he is kind of smaller ish that he doesn't really shy away from contact. So he's constantly putting himself in harm's way. I mean, it's football where everyone's getting hit constantly, but he doesn't shy away from it. You see a lot of those little guys that just kind of duck out of bounds or, you know, maybe juke and just go down. So him kind of welcoming defenders isn't something I super, super love just because of the way he's built. Um, and originally he was drawing a lot of comparisons to Jamal Charles, and then he wasn't healthy and decided to run. And everyone's like, oh, nope, he can't be Jamal Charles. It's like, right. watch him play football. He's not healthy running. (laughs) You can't base anything off of that. He plays very similar to what we saw in Jamal Charles. And now I'm not going to go ahead and call him Jamal Charles, but he has that type of that's that's the kind of back he is. We're not. This isn't a ground and pound guy like Nathan said. We we has has upside
2: is what you're saying. What you're saying. Big
3: time upside. Yeah, big time upside because he is explosive. He's he's elusive. He's like he's he's what you want in that scat back he's what you wanted with jamal charles you know he that that comp still makes sense to me again we know comps are silly but that makes sense to me um the health is my issue and the 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 frame that's it i love ronald jones
2: what let me ask you about his his receiving because he really didn't do a ton of it at usc um and obviously that's something that charles did a decent bit of as a PPR back. Is that, is that concerning to you? Or do you just feel like it's the, not the way USC did their thing? Cause it looks like looking at his stats. I mean, I'm only seeing 14 receptions in 2017.
1: I, I think that the the numbers as far as the number of catches a guy has in college can be so misleading. People were, were talking about going into uh, Melvin Gordon's rookie season. Oh, he didn't have much. He I think he had maxed out at like you know ten or twelve catches at Wisconsin, maybe twenty catches in his last year. And I think that for the most part, it ends up being a part of your role thing. And if you look at him as an athlete, you can see that he will have the ability to catch the ball and run with it. So, I mean, it's not like every single, you know, skinny, fast guy is going to be a great receiving back. But yeah. Jones profiles as a guy who is going to be able to receive the ball if he gets involved in the offense. Melvin Gordon was the same thing. He was a guy who profiled as a guy who should be able to catch the ball and run with it. And he did, he's done that with 30 and 40 catch seasons in the NFL so far. So don't always just look at, oh, he had 12 catches in 2016, and that's why he's not that good of a pass catcher. Also, just look at his frame and, and how he plays the position.
3: And you need to go back and look at what the rest of the team did. Stephen Carr only had like 15 catches. So that, that to me just says USC didn't do that. They, they didn't play football that way. Um, they ran the ball and they threw the receivers. That's what Darnold did. That's what USC does. So, um, I, I, yeah, like, like Nathan said, don't, don't worry about, about the number of opportunities. Just look at what was done with the opportunities and what could potentially be done with more.
2: Okay, and then one other question for you guys, because Jones would have been my pick above. I, I probably would have taken Jones close closer to the one hundred and five than what you guys did. So I am just curious, how close is this tier for you? Um, how close is Jones? You mentioned that uh, an amazing landing spot would vault him up to the one hundred and three, but how close is this? Um, you know, if say you do need a running back, and you're, suddenly you are starting drafting for need, are you reaching? Is it is it really much of a reach to take Jones over, say, DJ Moore or Sutton? Don't draft or neat. End of story. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Which we've talked about on this show.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, take take best player. I, I, think, well, I think he's... Maybe just clearly... answer the
2: question of how close are they to the, to the other picks for you guys. How close well, is Jones to the other?
3: He, he's... he's for me, he's outside of, of the top four. And I don't think... You know, the, the landing spot could vault him there. But just based on pure ability leading into it the other guys are complete backs ronnie jones is more of he, Dan, guy. Dan, he,
1: he wants the comparison of more and sutton not the other backs
3: no i understand that so I, i'm i'm saying he's he's behind that line um but he he definitely mixes well with this tier i think there's i think there's probably three or four more guys you can add to this tier uh whether you know, whether you like the wide receivers or you like the running backs, I, I think I think this is where it really, really gets messy is that, that more that Sutton and Ronnie Jones and the next couple of picks, I think, are really just jumbled and could be put in any order. Okay. All right. Um, that answers
2: that. Let's go one oh eight, Nathan. Haha sniped you. All right.
3: At the one oh eight, this is the
1: pick that I'm going to make in like all my rookie drafts and I'm gonna cringe when I'm doing it. And <laughs> I'm gonna hate myself for doing it. <clears throat> and it's going to be Calvin Ridley. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Calvin Ridley as a prospect. He uh, had a 20.7 uh, breakout age for a 43rd percentile. Has a limited catch radius, 22nd percentile. He did show some speed at the combine with a 4.43 40 yard dash. Um, but really, this is all about where I project Calvin Ridley to go in the NFL draft. He is the guy that I think if I'm, an, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting he's the first wide receiver drafted in the NFL draft. And that makes me most excited because he's going to get the early opportunities, the early targets that a wide receiver, someone who's selected as the wide receiver one in the NFL draft is going to get. So this pick is purely based on the opportunity he's going to get and I, I often take the side of the NFL draft when the NFL draft severely disagrees with with Dynasty Twitter. Calvin Ridley is a guy who people rank as the wire receiver four, wire receiver five in you know many Dynasty circles. But Ridley is a guy who I think is pretty much locked in as a top two wire receiver in this draft from a draft perspective. So I'm a cringe when I'm making this pick because I don't like his draft <laughs> profile, but he's going to get the draft capital. So that's what it is.
3: I wanna say I wanna say that his opportunity is his upside, but even with opportunity at Alabama, I mean he caught a ton of balls, but he didn't really do anything with them. Um, you know, he he's he's solid. He's not good, he's not great, he's old. I don't know if you knew this, Nathan, but he's actually Kelvin Benjamin's great uncle, which which surprised me. I was just looking up facts and stats before the show, uh, and that one was crazy to me. Um, I actually wrote on my my list here, uh, old as shit. So um, there's <laughs> wow. there's that, that. How old how old is he? Uh, 23, 24. He's twenty three point three. Twenty three point three. So he'd be twenty four before the NFL. Man, happens, that's like or Curtis, he'll be about pain stuff
2: there. <laughs>
3: so. Um, you know that's you know whatever age is age. Dynasty people are crazy about age. Uh, the big thing for me is his size. He's tiny and he doesn't have any room to grow. Uh, there's a lot of of the scouts and whatnot are talking about. He's what they want to call thin skinned, which there's nothing there. He's just a little dude. Um, so he's not going to be able to get bigger. You can always say, oh, he can add bulk, he can add mass. He's, he can't. What does thin
2: skinned mean? Like what does it that just means mean that he's he everything bulk up?
3: Tight skinned maybe. Maybe tight skinned. Maybe that's the same. What on earth? Are he, we has, he has no. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually very curious what that means. Like, does that mean he like has, he no, can't he has add no space weight? to bulk? Yes, he has no space to bulk up because everything is like. Yes, that noise Ooh, is what that boy some whey protein. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's he's a late first guy for me. I wouldn't take him at 108. There's a few other guys I like more, uh, but like Nathan said, the draft capital is going to be there. That is his legit upside. He's got some nice speed. Uh, outside of that he's kind of a poor athlete it is what it is fundamentally he's super sound um you know does does everything pretty well not super great at anything um uh, but like i said fundamentals are solid so i think he's just a good and a, he's a good wide receiver he's not a great athlete if I you mean, want to go there
2: is this is this going to be he's going to get drafted similar to the way John Ross was drafted just be, just purely based off speed or dre Archer. I mean, no
3: not at all doesn't have that speed doesn't have that speed and he didn't he's got a much better profile than than John Ross um you know wow. he's he's going to be he's going to be a fine nfl wide receiver i, I think he plays a good number 2 role wherever he ends, ends up going but i just don't see a ton of a ton of upside his his floor and his ceiling are like the exact same thing
2: all right fair enough well with uh getting through the 108 we've entered just past the midpoint of the draft which means it's time to tell you guys about our sponsor and that is as I mentioned at the top of the show, the fantasy football players championship or the FFPC, the home of season long high stakes fantasy football Uh, for most people. It's the off season, but not for our friends over the FFPC. If you're ready to draft now, the FFPC has best ball leagues that are drafting daily with entry fees, starting at just $35. They have slow and live drafts. And if you like dynasty, which I don't know, I'm guessing if you're sitting here listening to us do a dynasty first round mock, that you like dynasty. Uh the FFPC has almost 200 active dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going all the way up to $2500. And here's something incredible. Not a single one of those dynasty leagues is folded in 8 years. New dynasty leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching right after the NFL draft. So don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. All right, and after mentioning our friends over the FFPC I mentioned last week if you listened uh, that you could go to my Twitter timeline and talk about your favorite trade cast um, for tr- talk about your trade cast moment sorry guy with a motorcycle revved out front here and uh, and uh, we would go ahead and reward you with a a, a free $35 entry over the FFPC um, so going to announce the winner now uh, let's get some drum rolls boys this show it is just so high tech uh it's exciting you know <laughs> it's been a hundred times doing this dumb show with you guys I, I'm what I'm doing now is delaying
3: there was n- that we never we never done a drum roll though so that yeah, was no, a no, thir-
2: that's that's thir- untrue if you know if you knew if you've listened to the show you know I've done a drum roll before all right uh let's let's stop fooling around uh the ffpc winner is at the ffrx um, and, and he threw out his favorite moment, um, and uh, it was an epic Dynasty Jeopardy um, uh, that was the first – D- Dynasty Jeopardy failed. It was our first iteration. If you go back and you listen to the show, it was it was with Waz, I believe, and potentially the worst <laughs> moment in this podcast's history and worst game. I don't know, though. There's been some bad games that we've tried to f- roll out there. Gotta work.
3: It, 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 it was bad. It was bad because you guys didn't pay attention. That's why it was bad. It was. I put a lot of time into that stupid game, and I put even more time into the new version that worked because everyone tried. And yes. if
1: you'll notice, we've done like the same four games for like the last thirty episodes. So
3: we need more <laughs> games. Give us games to play.
2: Hey, hey! <laughs> I, I, I believe in us being able to, in the next hundred episodes, create more innovative games. No,
3: I don't I don't believe in us whatsoever. <laughs> I can't believe we've lasted this long. Derek, congratulations. Uh, thank you for throwing the word favorite in there with an unnecessary u. Yes, that's all you Canadians and Europeans that put u's in words that shouldn't be there. Stop it.
2: Why are you taking shots at our international crowd?
3: Please. I'm Mr. sorry Brian. it's unnecessary. Take the lazy American way out and just <sighs> no no extra u's.
2: Yeah, I'm go sorry. to your, if you're if you're British, go to your coloring book. Take your lift up. <laughs> And, uh, and then, you know, take your favorite lift up and, uh, color in your coloring book. Uh, <laughs> mind by me. Those are the only things that I know about Britain. Bangers. That was, and more,
3: that was more offensive than me saying, don't use you. You told me to <laughs> color in a coloring book.
2: Sure, <laughs> it might be right. I'm not sure if <laughs> Oh, man. All right.
3: Let's get back to the draft. Can, Derek, congrats. Hit us in our DMs, whichever one you like most. And, uh, we'll get you all set up with that FFPC entry.
2: Heck yeah. And hopefully you win.
3: He will. He's really good. He's, he's yeah. really good at fantasy football. All right, yeah. back to the draft. <laughs> with the 109 pick, I am going to select Rashad Penny, who I'm actually surprised lasted this long. He's He's been kind of the talk of the town. Um, there's, there's some love and some hate for Rashad Penny. Uh, I'll start with my love. Um, he's a 4,000 all-purpose yards guy, which is massive. You know, averages seven point five yards per carry over his career. That is special. So, what I see when I watch him, he's he's an elite. I'm not saying he's good or great. He's an elite pure runner. He might be the best pure runner in this class as far as just just the running back portion. We're not talking about receiving because that's a different story. We'll talk about that. Saquon, huh? Pure runner. Yes, he's better. He's better than Saquon as a pure running, pure, 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 pure runner. Great speed, he's fluid, he's strong. The issues. He is... uh, So he can catch the ball. He's not very good at it, but he can. But he is absolutely a liability on passing downs because he, in, in all of the time I've watched football, he may be the worst pass blocking running back i've ever seen he like runs and hides from it or turns turns into people as they're trying to get it's the grossest thing ever so that is like the one knock on him if he could catch the ball this guy would be up with barkley he would be up there with geis and chubb he would absolutely 100 be in that tier another knock on him is that he has the upright running style which i think over time we've proved is entirely irrelevant um, you know, it's just one more thing. It opens him up to extra contact, but he's built in such a way that it does not matter. He'll run through arm tackles. He'll run through form tackles. He'll run through anything. And he finishes those runs strong. He doesn't, he doesn't shy away. He doesn't lay down, puts his shoulder into people and gets through them.
1: So this is a safe space. So I'd like to admit to some lazy scouting here, but <laughs> the reason why welcome I welcome do to my
3: side of the fence, Nathan. <laughs> welcome over. I've watched reason, a lot of Rashad Penny, for what it's worth. The,
1: the reason why I don't like Rashad Penny, or the reason why I'm not as high as, as people who are taking him in that 105, 106, 107 range, is because of San Diego State. Because Donnell P- Pumphrey, who also put up a bajillion yards, 6,405 yards in his four college seasons, he got some hype last year as as a sleeper running back, but didn't really do much in his rookie season and doesn't look like he's ever going to get the opportunity to do so. Granted, Penny is not get – uh higher draft stock and gonna get more of an opportunity. But part of me just sees San Diego State sees that there was a similarly explosive, you know, crazy numbered back last year and he hasn't done anything. So this year I don't see why there's much of a difference.
3: Who is the other guy who hasn't done anything?
1: Donnell Pumphrey.
3: Oh, I thought you were I thought you were trying to make a, a good point. Yeah, not Dan- doesn't Donnell Pumphrey like three and a half feet tall though? He is that, yeah.
2: He's five <laughs> nine he's five, nine, 180. That's yeah,
3: that he he never had a chance. That's that portion of it is irrelevant. Rashad Men- Rashad Penny is a man child. He's a freak. He ran better and tested better than everyone thought he was going to in all of those drills. He he was absolutely a combine winner. He's going to be drafted relatively early in the NFL draft. I don't think he'll be a first rounder just because of the passing game portion. Yeah. Uh, but I fully expect him to be that mid-late second-ish where someone who maybe already has a pass catching back. Maybe someone like a San Francisco decides to move back and get someone like Rashad Penny. Could you imagine that offense with a pure runner and Jarek McKinnon?
2: <laughs> um, Penny's actually a guy that I have seen tape on, guys, speaking of lazy scouting. And that is because I have seen so many people on Twitter just posting videos of Penny running that I can't help but watch. He's scary. Scary uh, good. And, yeah, it, it's great. But, yeah, I mean, I think – the the concerns about pass blocking. And I think it was actually you, Dan, who I saw on Twitter, who made a take that I actually stopped and looked at, uh, for information. So that's shocking. Uh, but (laughs) but it was the take that he was so bad at pass blocking, uh, that it was like noticeable. And that's a huge deal for NFL teams that keeps you off the field straight up. So, uh, it's a guy that I, th- I think, rightfully so, fell to where he fell to. But again, this is this is the part of the show where we start looking for upside, and it's definitely there with Rashad.
3: You can teach him to catch a football. You can. I don't know that you're ever going to teach him to pass block because I, I don't. I don't understand that mentality there because he finishes runs, but he won't take on the contact. It, it's so weird. To watch him try to do that. And, and in that tweet that you stopped and read, I, I said, yes. Rashad Penny is so bad. He might be the worst at pass blocking I've ever seen, but I don't care because he is so freaking good at just being an app, just an, a regular running back. He's such a See, good guy. But I don't,
2: think you, I don't think you threw out that second part in the tweet. You were like, it definitely was more... there. Go back and look. Everyone right, else, go look.
3: find it, retweet it. Um, uh, make maybe. sure I'm given all the credit for Rashad Penny being elite. <laughs> All right, we're, we're, we're running
1: long, so let's uh, rapid fire these last
2: three. Move it on up. Um, all right, I am on the board, and this is uh, one of – noticeably – notably, not noticeably, uh, but notably one of my crushes from before this year, and I'm kind of just holding on. Uh, and that's James Washington, uh, wide receiver for uh, – I almost said Oregon. Oklahoma State University. Um,
3: Same difference.
2: He has been insane. Um and just watching him, and I actually have watched Washington because I really enjoy the tape. But he did—he kind of reminds me of like an AJ Green, um, at least in kind of the way he's built and catches the football.
3: The way uh, he's built, he's yeah, stocky. He's... he's stocky and has long arms. He looks like a running back.
2: Okay, uh, <laughs> uh,
3: fair <laughs> enough. AJ Green's like six four. All right, all right. You're making enough. me angry. I don't like James Washington. <laughs>
2: Well, OK, well, here's what here's what I do like about James Washington, um, and that is just his pure college production is insane. Uh, the guy's got over four thousand receiving yards in his college career, um, has been productive since sophomore year, over a thousand yards e- each season um, is a touchdown machine. It's just I mean, there's nothing to dislike there, um, but he really did have just a mediocre combine. Uh, and uh, I mean, I don't know, I, I just think like he has not. He has not aged well is what I'll say is, is it seems like everybody's just down on him
3: that almost 20 yards per catch is kind of sick that, that I will give, I think, I think Mason Rudolph in this whole equation is being slept on a bit. Uh, I think he's better than people think, but James Washington can produce in the right situation. Obviously there's some volume there, but either way, he's, he's, he's doing his thing out there. Um, the, the concerns for me and, and I, I love that profile I love the production the the not being a super great athlete the stocky portion he's like 510 5'11". yeah oh, um,
2: upon, upon getting railroaded there it is 511
3: <laughs> so you not taller. <laughs> so went well when they're when they're short <laughs> when they're short and clunky like that you would expect them to be kind of burnerish and he's more quick than fast i mean he can get behind defenders but he's not he's not blowing a corner off his coverage that's that's just not gonna happen um but he can track the ball he's 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 really freaking good down the field so maybe they throw him in the slot and just have him run have him run nines from the slot and see if he can get mismatches on safeties or linebackers i I think i think when used correctly he could be a force but I, i think he might end up being forced into a system that or forced into a spot where he needs to work outside. I don't think that fits for him. I think he needs to be inside.
2: I think it's also worth mentioning his breakout age. I know we talked about it before, but his breakout age is also insane at eighteen.
3: Yeah, that's solid. Like I said before, that list is so is so impressive. Um, and and he's he's kind of progressed a little bit differently through the years, like you maybe mentioned, Eric, he's becoming a little bit, you know, a little bit less sexy through time. Um, yep. but he's he's a solid big dude so he's built for the nfl um i I just think he needs to be used correctly
1: all righty let's move on to our next selection it is going to be christian kirk of texas a&m this guy is the slot special in this class he he's a guy that doesn't really project as you know a touchdown hog with the 13 percentile catch radius he had a 12.9 um college yards per catch 27 percentile Not a guy who's going to be getting you, you know, those big plays down the field. But he's the guy that's going to pick you up some first downs. He uh, had a 73rd percentile dominator rating in college, 18.8 breakout age. So also checking the box there. So uh, Kirk is the guy that he's not going to win you any games in in the NFL or maybe even really in fantasy. But he's going to be the guy who's going to put you up enough points to, you know, keep you in the game and to just have some solid production. So I'm a big fan of Kirk, but I, I do think there's a bit of a cap ceiling.
3: Man, I was, I was such a fan of Christian Kirk, and I see a lot of the things that I saw in Sterling Shepard. He's he's such a, a good pure receiver. I just, you know, the the limited upside is what kills me with this first round. Obviously, if you're picking here, your team's ready to compete. So maybe the points, this makes a ton of sense, and and maybe I'll move him back up my boards. I, I kind of slid him down a little bit, um, it, you know, just because just there's some other guys that, that I think – profile as someone that's potentially going to get, you know, the big yards per catch and touchdown percentage and whatever, but um, there's a real possibility. Someone gets him and gives him some decent volume and he's a poor man's Jarvis Landry. Um, I've been yelled at on Twitter before for saying that, but that's literally what I see. He's, he's a Sterling shepherd. He's a Jarvis Landry. And that's not a bad thing. I love both those guys and I should like Kirk more than I do. Um, So maybe I need to just kind of change my tune. Okay. Uh, Eric, do you have anything on Christian Kirk? I do not. Okay. We (laughs) are going to finish it up with the... uh, Eric said we needed to have a reach, and I don't have a reach. Uh, This is a guy that I would have picked before like three of these wide receivers. Um, It's John Kelly from Tennessee. He is not propped up by stats. He's not propped up by great metrics. He for me is the go and watch him he's he's my alvin Kamara from last year um and and funny enough speaking of last year he's very Kareem huntish uh horrendous metrics didn't didn't post anything great obviously Kareem had some some nice college production but the you know the the combine and in pro day stuff it wasn't super friendly to him he's he's compact he's solid five nine two ten um he doesn't really look like he's built built but he runs through pretty much everything that's in front of him um the the craziest thing i think for him and this might be kind of stupid but his stiff arm is so nasty go watch Flor go watch him play florida um it's it was life changing for me he made that team look so bad for four quarters it was hilarious um, so just uh, go watch uh, that
2: one game is what you're saying.
3: Well, I mean, watch, watch his body of work because he, do, he is, he's solid. You know, he, he does a lot of things. He didn't, he didn't get tons and tons of production. Uh, obviously they've had some running backs there. So it was really his final year where everything came from, but he's, he's a no nonsense guy. He's, he's downhill, but he's also agile and in, you know, he can catch the ball, which I think is his biggest, his biggest threat is is catching the ball. And I think he can do some damage there.
1: Yeah, and I mentioned how low catch numbers can be misleading for a workhorse back at the back at the college level. But when someone has a high catch total like John Kelly did in 2017 with 37 catches, that certainly shows that this is a guy that is going to be utilized in the passing game at the next level. So a guy who had a 4.1 yards per I mean yards per run in 2017, maybe that's not that impressive. But the fact that he was involved in the passing game with 37 catches, 8.1 yards per catch. He's a guy that is going to be versatile in an NFL offense. And it's all about, in terms of a fantasy production, it's all about where he goes in the NFL draft and what opportunity he gets early on.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, isn't that, isn't that necessary? I mean, that's kind of the case with all these guys is their, their draft capital is going to really just prop where they end up going in these drafts.
1: Right. But in in terms of these guys, when we get past, maybe the Ronald Jones, Sonny, Michelle, Darius guys, Nick Chubb, once we get back past those guys, it's really going to decide between Mark Walton and John Kelly and a few of these other guys that would have gone if we had extended this draft, it it kind of decides, okay. And this, this is where, I guess this is the one mistake that people will make is that if there is a better landing spot in like the fourth round, rather than a, you know, a better running back in the second or third round, don't make that mistake. Don't pick Jeremy McNichols at one Don't, (laughs) Don't pick Marlon. Don't pick Marlon Mack at one hundred and nine. Those are mistakes that are made from people who are picking fourth and fifth round running backs. So, don't don't reach for those later round guys uh, just because they get in that sexier spot.
2: Jay Ajahi
3: comes to mind in a particular well, no, no, year. No,
1: Jay. J- no, Jay Ajahi nope, was a nope, successful. Nope, it was said. Draft pick.
3: Nope. Nope. It was <laughs> said. It was said. He's garbage. Um, before we <laughs> eclipse an hour. Before we eclipse an hour. Everyone, give me one more guy that would be around this area. Eric, go.
2: All right. Real quick, maybe EQ, SB? Yeah. Uh, Going
1: at the end be, here?
3: That would that's be one so of
1: mine. Um my, my next one would actually be uh, Mike Gusecki. Uh, tied in Penn State, blew up the combine. I think he, he, he's <laughs> the guy the who first? could go. I mean, no, like in the early second.
3: <laughs> around this zone. Somebody that's kind of piquing your interest around these parts. So we, we said our 2 your turn, Dan. Okay, uh one for me, <laughs> and he's going to get propped up when he gets drafted really high. Uh, Antonio Callaway, absolute moron off the field. No, he's not getting
1: drafted high. He's going to be a 7th round pick. Absolute
3: moron off the field, but we also saw Joe Mixon get drafted relatively high, and I can see something like that happening for Antonio Callaway because he legitimately could be the most talented wide receiver in this class. He's just an idiot. Idiots don't pan out that often in the NFL, Dan. <laughs> I'm just saying it's I'm all just, about upside at this I, point.
2: Yep, I mean I, I agree with you. I'm just saying I'm just saying idiots just have a bad track record in the NFL.
3: <laughs> okay, well then let me let me go back and just say don't draft any quarterbacks right here. Don't draft quarterbacks in the early second or in the second at all. Wait for the third when you can get Lamar Jackson because he'll be the best flexibly, one of all.
2: Then don't wait till the second. Don't. Right, do that. Don't do that. That's don't
3: have Josh Allen at all. Don't don't even <laughs> let somebody else have Josh All right, wrap it up.
2: Since I'm done having a coughing fit here. Okay, um Eric Stein, Guys, it's been a true pleasure doing hundred episodes with you. That is, for those of you keeping score at home, it's like two years of this podcast happening. Week Damn in close and week out. I think we've only missed one week, and that was over like uh over a holiday weekend, I think, was what that was. That was this year, I think, over, like, New Year's. I think we've one only thing. missed one week all in, one or two. It's pretty good, uh, guys. We missed a week when I was in Mexico, and
1: my mom, like, broke her arm, so that was fun. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that wasn't
3: fun. That, yeah, that's not that, fun. fun. That wasn't fun. I will say, this is probably the most prepared we've been for a show since, like, the first dozen. Speak for you yourself, Dan. Then. Speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for myself. <laughs> Nathan's the only one that preps we did episode
2: on something that i on something that i'm not ready for perfect that's great
3: you did well i'm actually proud of you 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 brought some takes aside from being completely wrong about james washington calling <laughs> aj green um we can add that to the blooper reel and maybe that the next time maybe at 200 episodes somebody will bring up you calling james washington aj green we'll bring <laughs> well, that up and we can give them an ffpc giveaway
2: you know, I'll try to remember. Uh, I'll try to remember <laughs> why that that was there. But I remember distinctly having the thought, and you know, as a Bengals fan, that's a high a high uh, designation for me.
3: That's high praise. That's that's lofty. Yeah. That's clouds it, praise.
2: It is indeed. Um, all right. Well, on the note of we've got we've over a hundred episodes. We've dragged out these episodes from thirty minutes to over an hour. Uh, maybe not dragging them out to two hours by the time we are done with 200 episodes guys
3: next week will be 30 minutes I'm calling it now
1: All right, have- I'll, about- I'll,
3: I'll take the over on that. Yeah, I also gonna have have zero take content it. we're going <laughs> to play 28 minutes of games and we're going to have two ad reads and it's going to be it see that's what we minutes. should
2: have done for the 100th episode it's just goofed around the
3: whole time <laughs> no 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 Hundred and one Dalmatians. There we go. Play <laughs> games the whole time. All right,
2: we'll play hundred and one Dalmatians next time. Dan, think of the game. I'll
3: I'll, it'll be about <laughs> spot. It'll be about spots.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, hundred episodes of the Dynasty Trade Cast. Make sure you go out, rate, and review us on iTunes. Uh, there are, believe it or not people that like dynasty football that haven't heard of our podcast. And by rating and reviewing this podcast, you help others find this. If they're getting into dynasty or are super hard advocates for dynasty, uh, this helps people find us. So we really appreciate any ratings and reviews on iTunes or any of the platforms that you listen to the show. Um, And for the 100th time, I am, I am Eric. Wow. I almost introduced myself as Dan. That would have been interesting. Uh, I, I am Eric. That is Dan, that is Nathan, and uh, you know what? We'll catch up with you guys next week, and I'll have a very similar intro for the 101st show. Cheers, y'all.
0: Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late.
1: Buy next year's Season Pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing
0: Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy
2: your 2020 Season Pass now at CAGreatAmerica.com.
0: Plus sales tax and activation fee. $50 plus rate plan required. Not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile Network or on Metro in past 90 days. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.
2: Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings. A four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.